Listening in, uh, stepping into CI. This is our first blog post. That blog post. This is our first podcast, uh, wherein uh, we are going to start sharing some of the things that we do in our classes and uh, talk about the research that we're interested in. Um, and this particular episode is a few of our favorite CI things. So we're all going to talk about some resources. If you're just starting into comprehensible input and you're not sure what you're you what it is or how to use in your classroom, um, that's we're, we're, we're trying to get you at the start at the very beginning. I'm Rachel Ash, and with me are Miriam Patrick and her father, Bob Patrick. Keep reminding me of Sound of Music, Music Songs. Let me just put that out there. Favorite uh, favorite things. Few and, of our favorite right, things. exactly. Um, I just want to point out that we do have a website, steppingintoci.weebly.com, and if you tweet us with the hashtag steppingintoci, then we can address any questions you have or comments in our next podcast. Hopefully. That's the dream. <laughs> All right. Uh, so probably introduce ourselves a little bit more than just, hey, we're these people talking at a mic at you. Um, I'm Rachel Ash. I have been teaching for, uh, this is my 14th year. I keep track of it because that's how old my son is going to turn at the end of this school year. Uh, he's as old as my teaching career. Um, and uh, this is, uh, I've been playing with comprehensible input things, starting with TPRS, since my second year teaching. My first year, I attempted to do it based on a vague memory of having experienced it years before then, and it bombed so bad because I had no idea what I was doing. Um, but the next year, I tried again, and I kept trying until it got easier. So if you were like, man, I tried something once for comprehensible input, and it didn't work, and everybody hated it, and my kids actively booed and threw tomatoes, so I don't even know where they came from. That's okay. I've gone through that. Maybe not the tomatoes yet, but... Um, we can fix we've, that. Yeah, we've all been there. It's, it's really hard at first. I was there yesterday during first period. <laughs> it still happens. So, uh, and do you have a CI activity that you're learning, that you want to learn more about, that you're trying more, uh, trying for the first time? I, Something you're hoping won't bomb and end in a tomato fight? <laughs> Um, the big thing that I'm experimenting in, I'm, I'm doing two separate experiments right at the same time. I'm experimenting, and this you might have know this if you've been paying attention to our, our book study, but um, I've been experimenting a lot with tasks mm. and basically creating purpose to everything we do in the language. Um, and I'm experimenting with a game, which is our purpose right now. We are doing a game, um, The Civil War. I've already had... Pompey has died in two different classes, which is interesting because it's really early in it's Civil not War. surprising, though. <laughs> no, nobody likes Pompey. Not a single one of my students like him at all. So we've been doing a Civil War. We've been, uh, and I'm playing with that as a as a way to to create purpose, but keep them, you know, in the language and create the right linguistic support so they can do that. So that's it. Cool. Right. Who wants to go next? I'll go next. All right. Um, so my name is Bob Patrick. Um, this is my 27th year teaching Latin. Um, I started working with what I will call the threads and the pieces of CI 
almost 20 years ago, a little over 15 years ago, somewhere between 15 and 20 years ago. I spent most of my career um, as a singleton teacher. And one of the um, unexpected things that's happened over the years is that I found that the more CI that I did, the more my program grew. And so for the last eight years, um, I have not been a singleton teacher. And that's been a cool thing to begin to have colleagues to come to work to and, and collaborate with every single day, to try out ideas, to have somebody that I can go to at the end of the day or between periods and say, oh my gosh, that was horrible. Um, I'm not going to do that again or I'm going to do this differently. Or how did you do it when you did this thing? Um, so CI has grown the programs that I've been involved with and it has necessitated, because programs grow, more students are in the program, that we need more um, Latin teachers in the program. So as you both know, uh, there are five of us this year working together, and and I've had somebody working with me uh, for the last eight years, and and that's I, I don't think I ever expected that I would have the experience of being on a team of Latin teachers in the same building, mm-hmm. so um, that's that's been really good. Um, in terms of uh, CI activities or resources that I'm investigating or learning more about or trying for the first time, there are two things that I would point out. One is um, I'm calling it uh, Latin Quest via QR code, um, and I learned it from the two of you. Um, one of our other colleagues and I, who both teach um, nine sections of Latin one across the day, did this last week, and um, it, it essentially was a dictatio. It was a series of sentences that we would have done live dictation with, only students with uh, partners in, in little groups of three. Um, started out with a QR code that told them to go somewhere else in the building and find the next QR code that had the sentence that they had to write down and the clue in Latin for where to go next. And so it began this, it created this quest over the course of the hour with them writing down Latin sentences and reading Latin to figure out where they had to go next. They absolutely loved it. Um, to me, the, the golden moment was the student who said, uh, when we debriefed the experience, I couldn't understand why you'd given us an entire assignment completely in English. And then I realized before we were done that everything was in Latin. And the beauty of that is that that is such a great example of of getting in the flow, of or, 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 or feeling the buzz of being in the second language, so much so that you've completely forgotten that it's the second language. So in, in a lot of students echoed uh, that experience without quite that articulation. Uh, so I want to do more with that. Um, I know that we're all going to be trying more of that and experimenting with uh, what kinds of things we can do on a quest via QR codes. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is an example of what, what seems to always be happening for me in CI, and that is learning a basic CI activity or approach so well that I can be- begin to um, experiment off of it and do it differently. So the one that I, I've had that experience with this week is an activity that I created several years ago called OWATS. It stands for a one word at a time story writing. And the idea of OWATS was that you have um, a group of vocabulary words uh, that, that students have already acquired and you've got them cut up on strips of paper and in small groups they're creating a story. 
and they, they come up to you as the teacher and they get one word at a time, they take it back to their group, and using that one word they write a sentence. And then they go get the next word, and the next sentence then needs to be a continuation of a story that they've begun. So one word at a time, they're collaborating together. It's safe, it's scaffolded, um, it's repetition of words. So it, in, in some respects it's input, it's also output. Well, so this is what we did this week. This was a Latin one class, and I had four words that were relatively new, but not brand new. The four words were on the board, and with a partner, they were to create a four-frame um, um, cartoon story. And the story had to be complete from beginning to end in four frames. They had to use those four words as, as little or as, or as often as they wanted to, but they had to use each of those four words. The other rule was that they could use any other vocabulary that they, that they have, and they were not allowed to ask me for help. In other words, if you have to ask me how to say it, you can't use it. So it limited them to what they knew and their creativity. And I pointed out to them that all good stories have a problem. So somehow within the space of four frames, they had to create a problem and they had to bring it to resolve. Oh my goodness, the, the, the little stories that they created have just been fantastic. So good that today I took their sentences and we used it for... Um, the word chunk game. I didn't have to create anything. I simply took their sentences. It dawned on me in the middle of writing these sentences down that I could change some of their verbs to present participles and they would not be lost to that. And so the, the one thing has become a couple of things. So what I'm remembering and learning over and over again is that when you get really good at a CI activity, allow your creativity to let you think how else might this lend itself? So OWATS, which is usually a lot of vocabulary, has been reduced to just four new words, and it, and it became this very creative thing that is spilling over into other activities. When they come back next week on Monday after a long weekend, I have no doubt that those four new words are going to just be very, very familiar to them. Well, um, I'm Miriam Patrick, and I've been teaching, I'm, I'm considerably the baby among the three of us. I've been teaching for seven years. Um, five of those years were as a singleton teacher with four to five preps. And this year and last year have been glorious <laughs> with only one or two preps. Um, I, the thing that I'm exploring, which Rachel touched on, was tasks, task-oriented task um, things. And you and I were talking the other day that neither one of us has really felt a need to have a written assessment. Mm-hmm. in our Latin two or three classes because the tasks work so well and the kids just jump, I mean literally can barely sit still in their seats to to have these kind of discussions. Um, so that's that's one of the things that I'm really enjoying exploring and um, and looking at and I'm, I'm con- like I said in my presentation on Saturday, I'm convinced I don't need to read any more of the book. <laughs> so um, so that's kind of that's kind of where I am. But today we want to talk about, um, like I said, our resources. So I think each of us have come with a couple resources to share. Um, some of them are comprehensible input related, and I realize that none of us have said what CI stands for. It stands for comprehensible input. <laughs> um, but we each brought a couple of our favorite comprehensible input resources, CI resources that we frequent. Um, and uh, so we just kind of want to take a little time here and, and share them um, with you. 
Um, so I'm just going to go by the list that we have. Um, I brought I brought two, and then I thought of a third one while we were sitting here, so I'm going to use all three. <laughs> um, the first one is I've actually really enjoyed the uh, CI, IFLT, TPRS groups that are on Facebook, the CI liftoff group. Um, I'm... I'm, I really I enjoyed learning about uh, a couple things like story listening from there, mm -hmm. which we were already doing, but like you were saying, taking something you do really well and then turning it into something else. This mm -hmm. was a new way of doing something that we'd already done, and I actually really enjoyed doing it with my kids the other week. That's where I got the bubble wrap idea. I know that that has almost nothing to do with comprehensible input. Bubble wrap? Bubble wrap. My, I give, as I order things into my house, because I hate to ship, yes, because so, I yeah. hate to, sh to shop, who does stores? Yeah, I, I hear some people do. <laughs> um, but uh, all the bubble wrap and like the little bags of air that they send mm -hmm. it in, I've been bringing it into class. Mm -hmm. And that's my prizes when we do competitions. Oh. And they love it. <laughs> and then I have to do that, don't make your next teacher mad at me. <laughs> but that was also, I mean, because it, it's a resource of teachers, so mm -hmm. they come up with great ideas for all kinds of things, including. Yeah. Oh, I using, see. Okay, yeah. that's where you got it. Yes. Okay, now I'm caught. Sorry, up. I'm, I'm just. <laughs> I felt the need to say that it's not just for comprehensible input, but they're no. obviously they're they're yeah, focus. lots of lots of different stuff, and 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 so I'm really I'm really enjoying. I mean, those two groups in particular recently, I've really enjoyed. Um, and then the other one that I pull from, which. I pull from for both as a student and as a teacher is the TPRS for Chinese blog. Um, I'm I'm currently trying to learn Mandarin Chinese on my own, uh, with some help, but on my own. And so I look to that to kind of see what kinds of things they're posting. I watch their videos. I look at any resources they they put out. But also as a teacher, I look at that to kind of see what other kinds of things they're doing. I've seen videos of them doing. Um, uh, things similar to um, the game is called Lactuca in Latin or Lechuga in, in Spanish or the airplane game where you fold up questions and you throw them across the room and you catch a question and you open it and you have to answer it. So I've seen lots of different things on that that I wouldn't think that I could pull from and I really enjoy that. Um, the third one that I just want to mention real quick is um, one of the resources that I'm really taking advantage of this year is I'm looking outside the traditional canon of literature. Um, we have a plethora of literature. No matter what language you teach, you have a plethora of literature. But we all have this kind of set canon, you know, Don Quixote, Livy, or Virgil, or something in French because I don't remember. Um, but I'm looking outside that, and I'm finding this rich list pulse. of... There you go. Oh, yeah, yeah, that one. But I'm finding <laughs> this rich list of resources that I wouldn't have looked at if I had stuck to what I had been told was the canon like Cornelius Nepos, or, um, or Pliny the Elder, who should be confronted. Anywho, that's a discussion for a different time. So, um, so those are my resources. About Pliny. I am. Those are my resources <laughs> that I wanted to share. And I will say that when we post this, I'm also going to be posting the resources. They'll be all linked so that everyone yes. can access them. Okay. Um, I'll just jump in. I, um, I like Tea with BVP. Uh, uh, as I mentioned earlier with the tasks and... TV, tea with BVP is where we got the title of the book that we've been doing the book study. Miriam and I have been doing this book study now for um, almost two months now. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so the, it's a teaching, no, tasks task, and communicating in language classrooms. Why can I not say that after this many days? Because many neither of us can. <laughs> All right, but we got that as a rep recommendation on one of the Tea with BVP episodes. And one of the great things about Tea with BVP 
you have to get used to, I think, listening to it, at least for me, because I'm sort of like a, I'm like, get to the meat type of person. Mm. Um, and uh, they don't always get to the meat. Um, <laughs> but one of the great things about it is that you do get to know these personalities. And I think, for me, it really grew on me. Mm-hmm. And then you add in. You got me listening yeah. to it. And, so. <laughs> and in the end, what one of the things that they do that, that's, that's great is that I'm slowly sort of comprehending the idea of tasks and purpose and the importance of those things. Um, and it, But this is, when you're talking about tea with BVP, he's going to be talking the newest research in mm-hmm. second language acquisition. So if you're like new to research and resources, if you want to do that, baby step it. Yeah. Do one for one maybe even take time to like internalize it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's other resources that I think are a little bit more friendly to beginning to look into language acquisition research. Well, and he doesn't shy away from controversial, oh, well, no, he seemingly doesn't. controversial topics anyways. That's so true. if you have a burning question like grammar, what role does grammar have? What role does X have? You know, whether or not is Krashen still a good source or whatever, I'm pretty sure that T with BVP has a... a, right. a a podcast on each one of those. At least. Uh, he's mentioned Crashin I don't know how many times. He's By the way, on. he likes he likes Crashin in case you weren't sure where that was going. <laughs> um, so, and the other thing as blogs, because you see people, and Miriam was already talking about one blog, you see what people are doing in their rooms. And there's a lot of blogs out there. Uh, Mary and I, I know in our blog, we have things that just also spend time defining what comprehensible input is. Mm-hmm. Talking about some of the philosophy that goes with that. Um, I've got, so our blog, um, we have this wonderful team of teachers. We have Keith Toda, which will be on the show at some point as well. He also has a blog, Totally Comprehensible Latin. Ours is Pomegranate Beginnings. Um, Bob has a blog, Latin Best Practices. Um, there's other people that have blogs. Those are all Latin-focused ones. Um, but there's other people that have blogs that are awesome. And so I, what I really want to do is make an updated list of all these different blogs that I follow um, like Laura Sexton, she does uh, the um, she does things very task based and mm. communicative, which I didn't really understand before I started learning about task based stuff, and now I comprehend everything she's talking about. Cool. So. Yeah, I think that one of the good things is that all of us follow not only Latin teacher blogs but other language speakers mm-hmm. as well. Like I know that I read a lot of Spanish blogs, um, some French. Uh, like I said, a Chinese blog. So um, if you're a modern language teacher, don't worry, there will be plenty. There's yeah. so many. <laughs> well, let me let me tag in, uh, uh, yeah. tag onto that. Um, I um, have had the joy of, of being asked to teach part time um, over the last few years at UGA in um, the language and literature education department, and um, they've been graduate courses in some aspect of second language acquisition. And when I'm asked to teach, it's because I bring the CI um, component to that work. So um, for one of my courses, I actually went out and polled all of my CI teacher friends through various groups and said, of all the blogs that all of us are doing, point me to your favorite blog post. Not just your favorite blogger, because mm-hmm. that's huge, but your favorite blog post. And I actually have, in a spreadsheet, their answers. And I'll be glad to share yes. that um, on the, the blog here so that uh, people can follow up and look at. If you ask your CI teacher friends who love and practice this work, what are your favorite blog posts, here they are. And it's 15 or 20, mm-hmm. and they're the, the kinds of things that you could just you know read one a week for the next year and um, really get a lot out of it. And, 
and they they really there's a wide range of uh, teachers and teacher experiences languages and as we know it really doesn't matter what language any of these teachers teach they're doing the work of CI and that works I'd also like to point out a really new blog that several of us are involved with called the Inclusive Latin Classroom. Did think about it? Um, it's inclusivelatinclassroom.wordpress.com. Um, it, a new post comes out every Monday, and, and I try to uh, uh, blast, them. blast the advertising out through Facebook and Twitter and so forth that the posts are out. The main concern there is the way that... Um, for, for lack of a better term, management style impacts positively and negatively um, comprehensible input work in the classroom. Um, I, I've been making a joke today that uh, I, I, I had to bring some um, duct tape to school, and I made the joke. It occurred to me, uh, this, is a, this is one style of classroom management where you basically tape all the kids to the desk. Now, that's a horrible thing to Wait, think about. But it's a joke. It's oh, a joke. It's a joke. <laughs> but if, if all of us were to step back, and this is going to be a blog post, so I won't say too much, a lot of times classroom management boils down uh-huh. to trying to get kids stuck in their desks doing exactly what we want them to do, the way we want them to do it, without taking into consideration who they are, where they've come from, what their cultural and life experiences are, and how we weave that into the classroom. Well, So the, 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 there, there are 10 or so of us contributing to the inclusive Latin classroom, and, and those are the kind of questions. How mm-hmm. do we um, open up our rooms to students and their experiences and make that a gift rather than a burden? And so I'd ask everybody to look for that. You know, the other, the other resources that I want to point to are more of a research kind of thing for me right now. So I'm going to share just a little uh, a bit into some a research project that I'm working on. Um, and so the resources would be your, your favorite lexicons and your favorite word frequency sources. Um, I'm not going to try and name all of those right now. My go-to is Lewis and Short, but I certainly consult other lexicons. Um, and the St. Louis University has a pretty neat digital uh, word frequency list on their website for free. And there are others, uh, printed versions and so forth. multiple languages? Or is that it's Latin. That, the, the one at St. Louis University is for Latin. Um, and, and most modern languages have got some word frequency uh, lists on the Internet for free. They're easy mm-hmm. to find. Latin's a little more difficult to find, but can certainly be found. Here's, here's what, what my research interest is. Um, it, it originally started with lists of Roman virtues, and I've done work with that over the years, mostly with Latin for students. I have a list of about 16 virtues, including virtus. Um Words that help define qualities of life that were esteemed by Romans during different periods. And that's another thing to, to sort of be uh, aware of, is that different periods of the Roman Empire focused on different qualities that were esteemed among Romans. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm fascinated with those, and I'm fascinated with how the Romans used those words to express a variety of things. So I focused on those 16, but most of those 16 words are what I call toss words. Um, they are like autoritas and humanitas and, um, and, and comitas. They're the toss words. They are words that express qualitates, qualities of human life. Now, as I'm exploring those, I'm coming across uh, scores of toss words that may or may not express virtues. Um, crudelitas is a toss word. That's not a virtue. But it is 
a human quality. Mm-hmm. So my, my bigger project is to research as many TOS words as possible and other words that express human qualities, do some really basic writing out of the lexicon around what they mean, how they've been used, and create a teacher resource uh, along with where they appear in the frequency list. So that, and this is sort of a, a dream that I have, that teachers could take that kind of a resource and use human quality words across a four-year curriculum. If you're doing untextbook the way that we are, um, what vocabulary you're focusing on is a huge issue, and how will you define that? And so one of the things that I'm dreaming of is that you could start using qualitas words in Latin one and focus on the more high-frequency ones and add to them over four years, and I don't care what you're reading. I don't care what you're reading, from Harry Potter to war-making. You can have discussions with students about what qualities are we seeing in these mm-hmm. human interactions. That's it. That's uh, Well, and that's I think that's, you and I were talking about this the other day. That's exactly, I think, what we all are doing on our own various levels. When it, you know, because we're in a war unit, we're certainly talking about qualities and, and stuff like that. So um, we've shared our favorite resources, and again, all of these are going to be posted, and I've, I've been keeping a little a rundown list, so everything will be linked. I'll put it into a nice little document and, and share it up on the, the website, which again is steppingintoci.weebly.com. Um, and so is there, just very quickly, is there anything else that we didn't really discuss but we want to give a shout out to? Any other resources that we just want to say? Go look for it. There's so much. I know. <laughs> um, so well, I would definitely say look at your, your lexicons. Look yeah. at your frequency lists. Like super sevens or, or you know, fabulous fives or whatever the, the, the number the is. The most and, important verbs. Yeah. This is not a research, but this is an encouragement. Okay? Um, we've had, we, as, as, as you all know, we have visitors come and observe us all the time in our program. And we had a visitor this week who observed me in Latin and another teacher in Spanish and another teacher in French over two days. And um, the first day she was in my class, she was watching a test. We we were giving a test. The second day, she watched me do a movie talk. And as I was escorting her to the next room, she turned to me and she had a little little concern in her voice. And she said, how do you expect them to learn anything if you don't make them take notes? Because she had not seen them write at all that day. And I reminded her that the day before, she had seen me give them a test. She said, yes. And I said, that was a surprise. They didn't know they were being tested. She said, really? And I said, yes. And the, the average score was a 95 to 100 across the board. And I said, so the point is, the way that we're teaching with all these CI activities works, mm-hmm. and it works for mm-hmm. all kinds of learners, and we don't have failures why force them to take notes when what we're doing is working? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's a great point. That's a great encouragement, too, I think. So, mm-hmm. um, Do you have anything that, to add? No, I was just going to uh, actually step into where I felt you were going anyway, which was share favorite. I would lo- we'd love to hear from you guys. Yeah, we what, are your favorite, what are your favorite comprehensible input resources if you have some do you have a blog you like to follow we can always use more blogs i think my feedly has got like 200 on them so far well i'm a reader so yeah i I am too (laughs) i love reading but even i mean even if they're you know we all shared some resources that are not Mm -hmm. exactly ci related 
per se, but more our tools to use when developing some kind of something for your classroom. Right. So anything like that. And plus, Rachel and I are on the hunt for a second book. So if there's a book you feel that we need to read, then share that with us as well. Um, So I think there are three big points that that we kind of have all touched on this time. Um, Even as the most experienced CI teacher in the room, well, that's not me. That's that's my dad. But even the most experienced CI teacher is always changing, growing, and learning. I don't do things the same way I did seven years ago. I don't do them. This, I don't do them the same way I did last semester. Right. It's all different. So we're always changing and always growing. So I don't want any new CI teacher to feel like, wow, these guys have got it all figured out. We don't. Right. <laughs> we all, we're always learning. So. And we so started take from heart. the bottom. I mean, we, we all started, started from the bottom. Now we're here. Now we're yep. here <laughs> making a podcast. Um, and there are things that we are, there are things that we already do. And by we, I mean you. There are things that you already do that give students CI. Yep. You know, when I looked at story listening, I thought, oh, what is this new thing that I don't even know about? Can I do it? I looked at videos. I was like, I need a video that shows me how to do it. And then I, I watched it and I went, oh. I already do this. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, it's a new way of doing it. So there are things we already do that give our kids the CI experience. Yeah, that reminds me, Crashen says, even in the most traditional grammar translation classroom, there are moments of accidental comprehensible input. Mm-hmm. The point mm-hmm. is, if you know it works, why not make it n- less accidental and more intentional? Yeah, right. And then the opposite of that is also true. There are things that we don't know about yet that give students CI. Mm-hmm. Um, and this speaks to the first point, you know, I've been teaching seven years and I'm learning new stuff every day. Um, I'm, and I'm just filled with, with song references right now because <laughs> apparently that's where my brain is. So um, I, I hope that you guys enjoyed this. I know I certainly did. And I actually wrote down a couple of things that I wasn't aware about from our discussion that I'm going to have to go look up now. Um, so please uh, tweet out to us with the hashtag stepping into CI. Let us know your favorite resources, and we can, um, you know, you can comment on the website or you can tweet them out, and then we have another resource that we can look at. Mm-hmm. Um, our next episode, which is expected in two weeks, expected in two weeks, um, is why CI. Why is CI important? And this speaks a little bit more to the research side, um, which is important to us. Right. We've pointed to our resources, but why are these things important to us? Um, so that's what we're going to take a look at, and I'm looking forward to it. So. Thank you guys.